0: Welcome to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello, created for entrepreneurs and online business owners who know that business gets to be different from what we've been told. Join me and my entrepreneurial guests for insights into how they've created wild success while dropping the hustle and honoring their well-being. Because I believe that success is more than a financial destination. It's how we get to feel every day. Welcome to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello. I'm so excited to have Suman Randawa on the podcast today. Suman Randawa has Luxury of Business, which was crafted during the pandemic and officially launched in 2021 after an extensive 25 years of corporate career working in sales and luxury client development. This included working for some of the m- most famous magazines, as well as nine years working in luxury client development for the world's most famous luxury brands, Harrods. As a mentor, Suman, both guides and coaches pivoting as needed to support therapists, coaches and creatives excel in their business so that they can reach more people through their gifts. And now Suman gets to help other women in business also fulfill their true potential and accelerate their growth in a way that works for them. Welcome Suman. I'm so, so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Polly. It's an
1: absolute pleasure to be here. I've been listening to uh so many of your podcasts back to back so to actually be here and be talking to you um, is an honor thank you
0: well i was following your recent travels and it really inspired me listening to how you talked about how your environment influences your business but before we get to that i would love for you to introduce yourself obviously i've kind of done the top level bio there but how would you like to introduce yourself to my listeners today
1: thank you yeah so i'm simon i'm the founder of the luxury of business and actually on the day of recording It is one day, sorry, exactly one year, according to Companies House, that I have been in business. So I didn't realize it was going to be such an incredible day. Um, But here I am marking the official first day of the second year of my business. So I see myself as a sales and mindset business mentor. And I predominantly help women in service-based businesses. And I find it's women who've had a calling, women who really want to help other women through a difficult or challenging part or point in their life. But what I find that they all have in common is they have this beautiful, beautiful gift, but they feel like they have no business acumen. Mm. And that's where I come in really to kind of help them understand that they really do have it with inside of them and how I can make it really feel like it's aligned to the person that they
0: are so that they can run a successful business. Beautiful. And obviously, you've got this extensive corporate background before you came to all of this. What was the big motivation for you to move into this kind of work?
1: It really wasn't part of life's plan. It was said to me a few times throughout my years that I'd be great at running my own business. And the answer was always the same. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't want to do that. Or the second thing I would say was, but I don't have an idea. What would I do? Um, and then I know, as you know, a little bit from having kind of watched watched a little bit of my travel stories, is that back in 2018, my father became very unwell. Um, and he was actually to pass away in April of 2019. And it sounds really crazy. I mean, how old was I then? A 47-year-old woman, n- nearly 48. It wasn't something that I had envisaged. You know, you have this picture in your life. And I think. My mum was always the ones with the aches and pains. And my dad was the strong one. The dad one, my dad is the one I got my youthful looks from. Um, But unfortunately, he became unwell. And when he died, it really took the rug from under our feet and actually watching, watching somebody deteriorate and then die in front of your eyes. It's It's a pretty traumatic thing to go through. And I guess for me, I was fortunate to have got to 47 before I had someone as close as that pass away. Everything changed. Everything changed. Literally everything. Mm. I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. I think, you know, one of the big things was um, trying to get time off. Mm. So I was given, I was given time off. I had time off I could take. I was able to take some hours back, but while my dad was sick, an opportunity for promotion came up and um you know I need to be careful what I say because I don't know who's listening to this. But essentially what I was led to believe was that because I couldn't be fully committed to work because of what was going on at home, that that meant that I wasn't really able to be considered for any promotions that were coming up. Now maybe that's not exactly how it happened, but that's exactly what I what I saw. And then I think after dad passed away, and again, no reflection on the business, they gave me two weeks out of the business, but I didn't feel ready to come back. Mm -hmm. And it was this real wake-up call that the world keeps, keeps rolling. Everything keeps going on. My world had turned upside down. Everything had changed, yet I needed to come back into work and I needed to continue to be the person I was before. And I think for me, that was the beginning of the shift because it was the reminder that we are not here forever and we do not know when our day is going to come. I didn't predict this one. I predicted my dad would be a little old man who would reach 90 or, or, or even older. Mm. Um, so it was a, it was a big wake up call for me. I had to make my life count. And I think I was very conscious that I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. It's not saying that I'm not not happy, but what was my function? What was it? What was my label? Mm. And I realized I didn't have one. You made your own. I made my own. So about six months after dad passed away, we had to go to India. And um, it had been a really dark time for me. I can honestly say it was a there was a very dark cloud hanging over me i was probably going through the normal grief cycle i was stuck in anger i was angry at people who hadn't been in contact um i was angry at myself for the friend i had been when people had lost people because it's only when you go through things yourself that you understand what that journey looks like and um yeah, I was. I was angry. I felt like I'd been given a responsibility I hadn't asked for, which was this new life and kind of sorting out everything after dad had gone. We, my sister and I, had to become our dad. Um, you know, kind of running, run, running mum's household, looking after my dad's business affairs. And I remember I went to India, and I went to um, a place that was really important to my dad. So my my parents are of Indian heritage, and. Um, my father's religion, you know, and the religion that I grew up in. There was a particular holy place that he had spoken about before he had died. And I went there. And honestly, it was like something happened. I physically felt something lift from my shoulders. I'm not particularly religious. I am spiritual. Mm. And it's like the sun came out. I got back to my, my apartment where I was staying. I got my laptop out, possibly this very one I'm on now. And I typed in life coach. Now that was back in 2019, but it was the beginning of a journey that was to bring me to eventually turning my back on a 25 year corporate career, a fairly decent salary, absolute security and say, no, this isn't it. This wasn't my calling. My calling is what I want to go on and do.
0: I love that. And how did you find the transition from going from the kind of corporate background into working for yourself. What's that been like for you from the kind of corporate conditioning? I mean, you're so right. Two weeks to grieve your father is is not no time at all. And particularly if it's relatively sudden, it's such a shock.
1: And everyone's different. The person I was, I very safe, didn't take risks. I mean, some people would say that's absolutely not true. But in many areas of my life, you know, if I kind of think about, About many things in my life, I literally followed the pattern of what I was meant to do, you know, kind of finished school at 16, did my A-levels, went straight to university, got my first job, was even married by 25. So actually, a lot of things, the boxes were ticked. And then Life kind of took a different turn at 30. But really, other than my personal life taking a a big turn at 30, actually, up until 30, all these boxes were being ticked. So corporate became my thing because I went through a divorce in my early 30s. I hadn't been able to have children. So then here I was, like my focus was 100% corporate. And every time I had wobbled, Actually, it had been my father that had always said, no, you work for a really good company, you earn really good money. You know, Every time I'd kind of be like throwing my toys out of the pram saying, I've had enough, I want to do something different. So after he died, and I kind of started the journey, I think what has made the transition to business work for someone like me, who was very much about fitting within convention, I think it's because it was very organic. I met loads of women during the pandemic who were running online businesses. I didn't have a business. I met this life coach. I happened to speak to a woman in business, explain that I had this desire. I started getting this burning desire to run my own business. She mentioned someone who would be an incredible business coach for me, who happened to have been someone I worked with Seventeen years ago. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm talking about the lady that we both know, yeah. and it was like it was like destiny was pushing everything in my way. So I started kind of networking, hanging out in the spaces. These were all things that were very natural to me, coming from kind of a sales business development background. So by the time I had finally handed in my notice, which was last October, and then I was full time in business by January. To be honest, Polly, I think the hardest job was not the transition because it felt like the most natural and right thing to do. It was convincing my loved ones that I was going to be all right. Oh,
0: my gosh. That is such a big subject, isn't it? I think that's something that that we've never talked about this on the podcast before, but it is such a thing having an online business none of my parents, my parents don't understand what it is I do. I don't think most of my friends understand what it is I do. And actually in those early phases of building an online business, it can be quite unsettling to, to, to not feel supported or not really feel like you can explain what it is that you're doing. And so finding that community online, finding those people that you found must've been pivotal to helping you, um, kind of get right through the, that uncertainty that other people might've had about the direction you were taking
1: totally, it was instrumental because as well, you know, friendships change. Mm. So, you know, the pandemic had happened anyway. And I think, you know, definitely the experience that I had is the friendships that weren't built on drinks and nights out generally survived because we had the history that went back further than just being friends that would go out. I think the friends that maybe I just socialized with were the ones that were probably harder to maintain. Of course, people had so many different circumstances. You had people with children, their focus was their kids. So I think for me, the online community of business owners, even though I still hadn't actually set up a business, became my network. And I remember one of the things that was said to me is when you run your own business, it's really lonely. That's been said mm-hmm. to me quite a few times. I have not found that yet. I think the reason I haven't found it is I am, I'm, I've got quite an obsessive personality, which I'm sure is going to be interesting when we talk about kind of looking after ourselves, but I have got a very obsessive personality. So for me, I've given it 100% of my focus, 100% of my dedication. I treat it as if, I was going to say I treat it as if it's my job. It is my job, Um, (laughs) but I treat it, you know, I treat it in exactly the same way. I'm up, I'm dressed, I'm at my desk, I have certain days I do certain things and I'm very, very committed. What I've realized is my business is my baby. I have realized that because the obsessiveness with which I talk about it Um, you know, if someone makes a mistake of asking me how business is going, that isn't in the business world. I kind of feel sorry for them because like 45 minutes later that they're thinking, God, is she actually going to take a breath? But (laughs) I'm I'm still at the stage where I feel very, very supported. And I've done a lot of, the core part of the work I do is work on myself because I have to believe in myself. If I don't believe in myself, I could get eaten up with envy or jealousy or worrying about what other people are doing. And I know I have to preserve myself also because of the kinds of people I want to attract to work with me. I love working with soul-based businesses mm. because I'm inspired by the work that they
0: do. Yeah. And that's such a valid thing to share that I think a lot of people, a lot of people aren't fully aware of it, you know, embodying the person that you're looking to attract into to work with really taking care of yourself like when we when we talk about looking after ourselves in business it's not just about looking after yourself your own kind of mental health and your own well-being but it's much more than that there's that energetic kind of level of who you attract in that elevates when you have that level of trust and kind of self-love and self-care Um, Because people are attracted to that. You know, it's it's very natural that people will be attracted to a rooted energy, which is very hard to be in that rooted energy if you're not doing the work to look after yourself. And so what's so interesting about having an online business is it's kind of culmination of self-development work alongside building a business. You kind of can't really have one without the other, can you?
1: Yeah. And I think as well, it's so interesting for me because I was in such a dark place I think as my as my closest friends and my loved ones saw me go on my journey not only was I starting to attract to me this incredible energy people clients um, a support network but I also went from and I and I'm really honest in saying this because I can even look back at who I was in the last few years of corporate and think God I must have been a pain because I went From being half glass empty for I'd say about the last eighteen years, to finally, finally feeling like
0: I am half glass full. I love that. And what would you say? Because I imagine there'll be some people listening who are in corporate jobs and you know who are interested in this journey. And I think it's such an interesting thing to be talking about because it's very rare that, well, I haven't discussed it on this podcast so far. This transition from one to the other. And so people might be wondering, you know, what is it about it? Is it choosing your hours? Is it about the kind of clients you're attracting? Is it about the kind of business you're building? Is it that this network of um, people you're being supported by? What are the elements of working for yourself that feel so good for you?
1: Brilliant question, because this is actually really pertinent to how I was feeling today when I realized it's the official first day of the second year in my business. It's a couple of things. So I would say the number one reason for me was, I felt very confined and again I don't mean this negatively but when you're in corporate your progress your I need to speak about myself my progress was determined by whether I got the job whether I got the over and above pay rise whether I got the opportunity to do more of what I loved and I had a mental balance sheet that I'd been running for the last few years and the balance was swaying not in my favor there was things I there were too many things I didn't enjoy and that was really outweighing. So the initial reason was I felt, and again, this probably came from knowing fifty was coming from losing my dad. I started to feel really claustrophobic. Mm. I couldn't make decisions. I couldn't make choices. If I if I wanted to go away, I just wanted to go away. And the reason I smile is again, you know, I, I had said a little bit earlier. I was so I followed the line. I did things the way you were meant to do them. So where this where this uh, powerful embodied female came from, I'm really not too sure, but I really do feel like after dad died and after I'd had that moment in India six months afterwards, I felt like I started to rise. I started to no longer feel hurt or pain at the things that weren't going my way. And I realized that what I wanted is I wanted to feel free. So the initial reason was I wanted freedom of choice. I was sick of working evenings. I hated that I sometimes had to do weekends The hilarious thing is I still do evenings and I sometimes do weekends, which I I need to be honest, I am still that person. I'm still there in my business. The difference is I am in charge of my own destiny. I am more creative than I've ever been. My income potential is limitless. That's not to say that I haven't had months where it's been really scary and really tough because I'm still learning, but there have also been months where I've literally, my eyes have been on stalks. I'm like, how the hell is this amazing stuff happening to me? Mm. So I think for me, that freedom has come from growth. Um, and yes, sometimes the hours can be long, but that's also because you're also learning to become smarter. You're learning to have the confidence to out- outsource. You're learning to realize that you have to invest to get back. So I'd say the ultimate transition, yes, it is, it is freedom for me, but maybe not the definition that I had initially envisaged. I had envisaged having completely having my evenings to myself, but I'm still in charge of them. I'm still the one that can say, no, I don't do evening appointments. I don't want to do a live in the evening um, or I'm booking this flight. I'm going away. I'm going to work from there. And that, after 25 years in corporate, um, and being the kind of person I was is a freedom I haven't experienced before in my life. So that's what I would say. It is a freedom, but I cannot sit here and say that I don't work hard. I work ridiculously hard because I have this obsessive personality and because I'm in love. That's, that sounds really heavy. I'm in love with what I do. I'm in love with my business.
0: No, I love that. And I, you know what? I think there should be more honesty around what it's like to be in the first year of business. And such an achievement because not many people can say that, you know, you're not just delivering the service. You're, you know, you're learning how to be your own accountant, your own marketer, your own, uh, you know, like absolutely everything, learning how to support people in their best kind of learner using experience. like, there, There's so many different elements to it. And I think the reality is most successful entrepreneurs, their first year of business in particular, is the one where, like you say, you're putting in most of the hours. I personally don't believe it's sustainable to be that way long term, but most people don't need to be that way long term because like you say, you're learning all the time. And I think if we compare this to people who go and do degrees, people who, you know, any area that you're trying to become an expert in or, you know, or who you are becoming an expert in it's not an overnight thing. And because things are online and because there's certain ways to generate money very quickly without a huge level of expertise, people are often a bit suspicious or get overly excited about what it means to have an online business. But the reality is with online businesses, you can't sustain that kind of success if you don't have everything else to back it up. Um, And so to be able to back it up and to keep it, like you say, sustainable, so you're not having months where you're like, oh, which we all have as well. And not just in the first year, no, those, those months can come, they, they can crop up at any time because you're constantly evolving when you have an online business. Every time you kind of think, oh, when I get to this stage, things are going to feel easier. Quite often at that stage, you're like, well, that's kind of easy and boring now. Well, what, do, what am I doing next? Bring me on to the next challenge. So I, I love that you're sharing that because I think it's really important that we're more honest about this because I think sometimes people feel a level of shame around the fact that oh, I went to work for myself. And actually I'm, I'm my own worst boss because here I am working weekends and working evenings. And actually I know very few people who are still in business two or three years down the line who didn't have that level of tenacity and dedication to what it was they were doing um, in that first year, because there are just too many things to be juggling at that stage. Um, I don't know what your situation is in terms of support, but you know, in the earliest stages before you either have a support team or when you have minimal support, there's a lot, there's a lot of things to be juggling and you want to be juggling them because you're going to learn so much more through doing a lot of that juggling yourself versus handing it out to somebody else. Um, you know, it's really good to do that long-term, but in the early stages, it's good to understand the different moving components of your business. Uh,
1: It's a really, it's a really good point actually. Um, and the first thing I would say is it isn't sustainable to work that way. And I think I saw it over the summer Mm. where, I think I burnt out mm-hmm. um, and that also came a lot from learning about boundary settings. Yes. So that's probably where I'm at on my journey right now. And what's great when you run your own business is the next client. But firstly, it's taking responsibility for yourself. Um, I do have an incredible VA. I also took on some more support for the last four months. So I, you know, I saw that I needed to invest in the support to free up the time to focus on what was actually going to drive my business. Mm. But I also really recognized a flaw in myself around the boundaries. And I think that that's quite common. But the interesting thing was, it's probably quite common in the first year of your business. But as somebody who's been a senior manager, the thing that I was kicking myself about is it's the exact thing I would have pulled my team up on, (laughs) which is, well, you know, no wonder your clients are calling you evenings and weekends because you pick up. And then there I was evenings and weekends. And I think for me, that's definitely been probably the last piece of work that I'm doing is knowing that Well, it's two things. It's one, ensuring that your clients feel that they are good enough and they are supported, even if you are not there Twenty four seven because ultimately they also need to be able to learn to do it for themselves. Yes, um, and I think the second part of the journey is realizing that I have a choice around what I answer. So now I can see messages pop up after a certain time in the evening at the weekend, and know that it's, I'm no less a good coach or a great mentor just because I'm not replying until Monday. And I think my last trip that I had away was initially really tough for me because it was unexpected. And I was telling my clients, I don't know what the Wi-Fi situation is going to be like. I was in India. I don't know if I'll be available. And that two week was probably like a a creative jumpstart for me because I came back with more ideas and more creativity because I'd actually got the opportunity to just step away from my business for two weeks and it benefits everybody. Mm. So yeah, I think that's definitely part of the journey is recognizing for me, the boundaries and how, as you said, you cannot sustain working in that way, but also forgiving myself that it did happen and, and, and seeing why it happened.
0: Yeah. The the drum I'm constantly banging is compassion and curiosity, you know, to be kind to ourselves throughout all of these things, because it's so true that what we recommend to our clients will occasionally catch ourselves out, you know, doing the very same behavior. And again, I think there's a certain element of, you know, it's very, it's not unusual to over deliver in the first year of online business because you don't necessarily have systems and um, kind of operations set up in a way that make it easy to not over-deliver. You know, I, you know, when I, whenever I launch a new program, people who get in their first tend to get the best experience because they get loads of my attention, which long term, obviously it's paying attention to the questions they're asking and finding modules or, you know, team support to make it that they don't need to ask those questions. And I also loved what you were referring to there about the empowerment piece that actually you know, we're not here to be anyone's guru. We're not here to be answering, you know, having the, having the answer for absolutely everything. One of the most powerful things we can do as coaches is helping empower people to find those answers themselves. And sometimes that wait to hear back from you can actually be more helpful than unhelpful in terms of helping them carry that level of responsibility for themselves. But like you say, it's a constant, constant learning curve in so many ways. And, and interestingly, the kind of growth that happens alongside online business means that that kind of doesn't go away where you kind of go, oh, that one boundary is fixed. Another one crops up. I mean, like, oh, yes. I, didn't, I yeah. didn't even know that was a thing. And I think,
1: um, you know, answering your question about versus corporate, it just, the growth. So for the growth cycle is just like the amount that I have learned, self-taught, you know, like you said in the beginning. So that was quite interesting because in the beginning, you want to know where I did. I wanted to know how to do it all build landing pages oh god the tears yes. build build landing pages um you, you know create incredible presentations and be able to send out e- emails etc and it's quite interesting because i've now got to the point where i have somebody that i really trust who supports me there's a bit of me that's like yeah i don't know how she did that like oh i don't know how you did that but then i also realize that it's it's one less headache and it means I'm able to focus on what is in hand. Um, but, it, you know, again, it's just something that I feel for me personally, the, I, I felt it wasn't a glass ceiling. I can't claim it was a glass ceiling. I think it's more I felt stuck in a corner. Mm. I felt like I'd gone gone down maybe a road that then took me down another road, which wasn't the road that I wanted to go down. And I was finding it difficult to get out. And then the secret came when I stopped putting the responsibility on somebody else and was like, right, you take responsibility, you want it
0: to change, change. Mm, That's so powerful. Taking that responsibility.
1: I had to. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and honestly, life, life has just changed. You know, it, it was turning 50 was probably the best, probably one of the best moments in my life because I just felt like it was the beginning. I remember, I remember turning 40 and, um, Uh, a a work colleague and a friend telling me that turning 50 was great. And I thought, oh God, 50 sounds really old. And then reaching the age of 50, realizing it was a gift and realizing the power it gives you for me personally, because I don't feel like my time came before. Everybody has their time for things and moments in their life, the good and the bad. I feel like my good time this, this was it, I'm in it. And mm. that's super exciting. So I've waited a very, very long time.
0: I Yeah, I bet. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm blown away by all of this. Um, and it is, I think one of the really beautiful things is through, you know, your grief that you were able to build something. So empowering and life-changing for yourself. And like you say, really kind of squeeze everything out of life that life has to give you. It's super inspiring. Um, Thank you. And
1: it's the irony, so, sorry, Polly, but I was going to say the irony is I feel it's the gift my father gave me. Mm. Had he been here, I don't know that I would have had the guts to do it, which is interesting. Um, but I, you know, the way I dealt with grief is by allowing myself to believe that there is somewhere else. Like yeah. I said, I'm not particularly religious, I'm spiritual. Um, and that's what helps me through my grief, to believe that there is some some bigger power that there is the universe that I am supported and it's it has carried me through and it works for me and then to be in this space with lots of other spiritual business owners and to be learning and learning and growing I feel like I'm having to accelerate my growth because I didn't know about a lot of this work even 5 years ago but the accelerated growth is also because I'm finding it so so
0: empowering and interesting yeah. And what I find really interesting listening to you is there are some people who will say like, you know, everything needs to be like conditions need to be right to like take the leap and, and, and go work for myself. But listening to what you were sharing, it's almost like there were certain foundations that were kind of not crumbling, but like the, the world as you knew it was kind of falling. I don't know, you know, the words to use for this, but you know, it was kind of it wasn't what you recognized anymore. And rather than cling on to what you already know and stay safe you saw it as an opportunity to take a leap of faith and do something, you know, and really actually what I'm hearing a lot is it was all kind of coming back to you, coming back to your core essence and what you truly desired. And like you say, removing, recognizing that environmental factors are always going to be changing. But the one thing that isn't going to change is you and that you went all in on yourself and all in on your desires. And it's truly inspiring. Um, And so I'd love to know with everything you're doing around supporting others, I know you mentioned earlier about um, boundaries and how you kind of catch yourself out with that one. What does it look like for you in the kind of day of being a coach? So, I mean,
1: for me, what's uh, another thing that's interesting in terms of boundaries is so when I used to work in corporate, I used to really struggle to wake up in the morning. Mm. I do not think there has been one day and I know people who've got children are going to be like, she gets to lie until that time. But for me, this is early. I don't think there's been one day where I haven't, woken up at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, And when I was working in corporate, you know, let's say I needed to leave the house at nine to get in for 10. It, it was a struggle. Five different alarms, trying to get up. Oh, then the journey of getting in. Whereas I feel like, and, and I'm not saying I don't have, I don't have down days. We all, we all have those mm-hmm. days. But generally, I'm excited. I set my Monday as my creative day. So I never have any client appointments on a Monday So I always look forward to my Mondays because it's when I create. It's when I think about my ideas. When I create my content. So that was a real shift because Mm. I no longer have that Sunday night feeling. And taking that ownership has been brilliant. So it's meant that Mondays and Fridays I block out of my diary. Monday because it's my creative day. Fridays because I've told myself I work four days a week. So by blocking the Friday out, it gives me the option if I need to take a day out of the business. But what it also gives me the option for is overflow yeah. if I do need to work through the week. So my, my calendar is set. And I, am, I find I'm quite flexible with my clients, which I wouldn't have expected from me. But I think what happens when you build a one-to-one relationship with someone who's working with you, on average, my clients are working with me for about six months. Mm. I think... That degree of flexibility. The way I look at it is, as long as I'm available and as long as I have availability in my calendar, I don't mind if if we have to move this because something's changed or something's come up. But I think for me, what was really quite important is setting those days in my diary. And now the other thing I started doing is I block out. So if, for example, I'm I'm working on a new launch and I need to uh, write the script making sure I actually block it out in my diary so that nothing can be booked in. I'm giving myself time. I'm allocating myself time when I will work on it. So I think that's what's working quite well for me is having a set calendar and Mondays and Fridays are not available for anybody to book anything in. And that works That works well for me.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, no, I, I think it's so powerful when you get to kind of reinvent what your week looks like. Um, we actually interestingly have very similar <laughs> weekly schedules. Oh, do we? okay. yeah. <laughs> Monday's always my team day and Friday I just have blocked out and some days it's an inspiration day, some days it's yeah. to take the day off. It's kind of, and like you say, sometimes it's overflow. It's kind of leaning into whatever feels good on that day. Um, but it is so, isn't it so empowering to Sunny having essentially I mean, I, I see it kind of almost like three working days. I mean, it's not three working days, it's more like four, but certainly the, th- the middle three are the more energy draining ones <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> um, and Monday always feels like a very cup filling day to kind of enable me to kind of get through the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and show up in that full energy. Yeah, and
1: I think it's it's choice. I think that for me is something I'm just really enjoying. And like I said, I think I did it a lot to myself, because I was that person who didn't like to break the rules. But what I think I found the older I got was that you don't always get ahead by following all of the rules. Mm. Life doesn't always work out like that. And I suppose, in a roundabout way, that's what grief taught me. Like, that wasn't part of the plan. So, I suppose grief has happened at various points in my life you know when you've had losses personal losses or you've gone through things that haven't gone to plan and I suppose it took the loss of my father to really really remind me listen you don't you don't have a, a hand in how this is going to turn out in the end so how do you know how do you know how long you've got you need to you, I don't know where the voice came from but it was like you need to make this work um And that freedom of choice I've got is just, yeah, it's, it's
0: joyous. It really, really is. Beautiful. And what are your plans for, you know, you've obviously survived the first year of online business and come out with a lot of grace and and success on the other side. I mean, it's incredible what you've achieved in the first year. What are your, what are your kind of goals and aspirations for the year ahead?
1: So I mean, I probably should be able to tell you exactly what my goals and aspirations are. My goals and aspirations are still to be very successful in business, and that does mean financially too. but I think what I have realized is that success comes ultimately from impact mm-hmm. and therefore, for me, where I've got to try lots of different things out. I've got to try out what works for me I've got to try out some things that weren't quite in aligned for me so When I first went into corporate, somebody said to me, do you see yourself with a team? And I was like, no, I have just walked away from working with people. I don't want to work with anyone. And actually, here I am a year later, and I would love to have a team. Mm. I can see myself running a business where I have associates who are supporting me. But ultimately, Polly, I just want to be able to enjoy life, continue to enjoy life. I want to help and support the clients that work for me and the ones that don't, and the ones that just get my free content or watch my lives or or listen to me wherever I am, I want to support them so that they can share more of the gift their gift with the world because honestly, nothing makes me happier than seeing somebody else succeeding as well and I do think that that is something that I had throughout my management career. I often managed people who went on to you know far more senior positions than I were, and i I was always incredibly happy and proud of that. So I don't have a specific I can share with you. Um but I know that this is just the beginning for sure.
0: I actually really like that though. I really like that because you know in business I think it's a lot more about who you're being versus what you're doing. So the the focus on you know, what you've shared with me being around how you want to feel and and you know mm. who you're being and, and what you're feeling already right now and more of that please. I think is very refreshing and very grounded and very healthy. And, and that emphasis around how your business is allowing your life to be, or your life is allowing your business to be, I just think is really, really beautiful. So I actually think that's really nice. It's the antithesis of hustle culture and instead kind of just very grounded, very rooted. So I love that. And I think what's really nice talking to you right now, a year in, is it's a perfect opportunity for me to ask the question that I ask most of my guests, which is if someone were right at the beginning of this journey and um, you could give some advice around, you know, what, what, what are the three things they can kind of either be leaning into or focusing on or doing to um, or being um, to help them have the most positive experience starting their own online business? What would you recommend?
1: Well, it's perfect. So I did a live on this this morning so I can <laughs> answer this question with ease. Number one, I have to say, for me, has got to be community um, because meeting and I don't mean just meeting your ideal client. I, I mean, hanging out in spaces where you meet other, for me, women in business. Mm. And, and there've been some incredible men in business who've been really supportive, too. But generally, it's been the women in business getting to be part of that community, because that is going to become your network. You're not going to be with your work colleagues. These become your work colleagues. So for me, that was number one, hanging out in communities and learning what that support network looks like, particularly for me within the online space. I think the second thing, which was running parallel to that, is really understanding who you are, and what you stand for. Because if you, like you literally, and, and the great thing is it can change what my logo looked like a year ago, or even what my website looked like a year ago, it's very different to what it looks now. In fact, one of the things that was often said to me in the beginning was when people would meet me, oh, you're much friendlier than I expected. And I think that's because I had that very corporate look. You know, I've come from luxury, so I wanted the black, the white, the grays. But what was lost in that was me as a person. Mm. And I think that's probably the second thing that I would say is that get clear on who you are and who you want and what you want to stand for now. So you're not stuck with it forever. And that's the great thing. Everything continually gets to evolve, even something you launch. So I think that would be my second thing. And I think the third thing that I would say for someone, I mean, if you're already established in your business, but... You're perhaps not having the success that you would like, or you're new and you want to launch in business, allow people to sample the work that you do. So whether that's going and working for a charity, whether that's doing, um, f- free content as a pop-up in somebody's group, whether that's running a free masterclass, whether that's running, um, you know, a, an Instagram live or a Facebook live, which is allow people the opportunity to connect with you. By hearing your voice, by seeing seeing your face, by seeing you on video, and I know that's not easy for everybody. I really, really understand that. But um, it's very difficult to connect with somebody if you can't if you can't see them or hear them in some kind of a way. So even if that's done face to face, and you hate social media, that that would work too. But I think there'd be my three bits of advice.
0: I love those. I think they're absolutely perfect. And I'm so, so grateful you've come on to share your wisdom with us today. It's such a unique journey and such an inspiring one. So thank you for sharing so from the heart and so transparently. Thank you. Um, If people are interested to learn how they can find out more about you, how they can work with you, where where would they find you?
1: Thank you, firstly, for having me. it's um Like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy to be here as well. So yes, anybody would like to find me on socials. If you want to um see what i'm like when i embarrass myself you can head over to tiktok where i'm luxury of business um i've nailed it a little bit more on instagram so instagram is also luxury of business or you can find me over on linkedin suman Randauer, and my website is my business name as well so yeah i'd love to connect thank you so much polly
0: thank you have been listening to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you enjoyed today's episode and are keen to hear more, come on over and join us behind the scenes at Embodied Business Revolution on Instagram. We can't wait to say hi.